Welcome back, all you wonderfully gorgeous slashes and survivor girls. Look at you over there. You look real pretty today. You better calm it down. You told me bring energy. Here I am bringing energy. Oh, no, I'm telling our listeners to calm it down because... Oh, yeah. it's just Look at you. You're so cute. You beautiful thing, just you. Just radiating thickness. <laughs> it's another episode of the Creep It Real Horrorcast. It's another Tuesday in your favorite podcatcher in podcast land where the podcasts live. In the digital space mm-hmm. of mis- the interwebs. I'm Mistress Meg. I'm that good bunny lunchbox. I don't know why I said it that way. I had a bubble, and I'm going to keep the bubble. It's going to stay there. <sighs> oh, crap, it's gone. But I'm the good bunny lunchbox. Bring in that bubble energy. Not Non-bubble. <laughs> Bring the bubble energy. Bubble-less. Before we get into our episode, and the rest of our shenanigans, apparently. Cause good luck be, with that. It's going to be one of those episodes. Join us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Slasher, at Creep It Real, R-E-E-L as in Movie Real. Um, you can email us at creepinitreal.cm at gmail.com. If you have any interest in input into future episodes, you can go ahead and reach us there. And if you like us a whole lot and you, we're you know your favorite podcast, as we should be, go to creepinitreal.redbubble.com or hit the link in the Instagram bio to buy our merch. That I do. I made it. It's my designs. It's fun. Look at you just taking credit. I have to. No, you do because I don't have anything to do with it. <laughs> I'll just throw out an idea and then you doodle it. I do have to really get in back into uh, creating some more new artwork. Um, I've been doing a lot of my cartoon me and cartoon work, um, you know, here lately. So it's like I kind of need to get back into the whole Red Bubble deal. For real, like we need some sweet new merch, especially with the holidays coming up. Yeah, that's right, kids. It might be September, but uh, the ho 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 train keeps on coming. Just, just a reminder, Christmas will be here before you know it. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's like Halloween is literally right around the corner, and we've gotten our kids uh, their costumes, which is amazing. I'm, I'm so happy with their choices. And adorable. Uh, our son is going to be going as Shorty from Killer Clowns from Outer Space. They, they are obsessed with Killer Clowns, and I'm so proud uh, and then our daughter is going to go as the Pokey Kid. So if you don't know what that looks like, it's... She's going to be in an Eevee costume. There's a there's a, a Pokemon card, and the card is Poke Kid. It allows you to evolve one of your Pokemon. But on the card, it's this little girl that's in an Eevee costume, and uh, it's just... You just can't get away from the cuteness. So it's going to be extra good. And you were able to find our boy... Boxing gloves. Yeah. <laughs> so like... For some... No, I didn't. Curtis did. Oh. For some reason, Five Below had boxing gloves. Um, so we could add those to his shorty costume. Yeah, oh, it wasn't yeah. me that it's... found him. But still, I mean, it was it was awesome that... The, like, he's wanting to do the boxing gloves scene, and he's been wearing the boxing gloves at all the goddamn time. Um, he's been asking me to do the line from the movie just mm-hmm. so he could pretend to punch me in the head. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's adorable. It, Much cuteness. It just warms my heart. I promised myself I wouldn't cry. It's okay. <sighs> it's okay. Don't hold it in. <laughs> but no, it's amazing. So I'm excited. And like, uh, our son is, he's asking me what I'm going to be for Halloween. And he's trying to get me to be like jumbo or, you know, Spike, just so I could be a taller clown, too. And I'm like, 
it's not a bad idea, but yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, hell, it's. I told I told him I was like, you know what? I'm actually okay with buying the costumes this year, just because it's like we're just gonna display it in the house afterwards. We did that with his ghost face costume. His mask is sitting up on my desk, <laughs> so it's like it's oh yeah, display. That, that, that shorty mask isn't going away. So. Oh, and hell no, it's gonna terrify my next girlfriend. By the way, it's just gonna be there. Just displayed in all of its glory, and look how cute he is. He's so cute. You just got to deal with me, and that's that's happening. But but guess what? (laughs) We're not we're not doing killer clowns. God damn it! Today we're still um, we're still doing Halloween. I'm starting to feel some regrets. And I have uh, I have a question that I don't know if we it would be better to ask or ask during our reboot retrospective. Um, of the series, or if it'd be better to ask now that this would be technically the last series, or last movie in the, the weird shit sandwich of the series, I guess? I don't know how this works. This is the last, well, we're doing Halloween Resurrection this week, and this is the last movie for the first, no, for the second reboot. Because the first reboot happened with part four and then they did a hate this timeline (laughs) and then they did a soft reboot with h2o that was supposed to be a direct sequel to part two and then resurrection is a sequel to h20 um yeah yeah so yeah i think i have that right and then yeah because then we go into rob zombies timeline which is the third wave reboot Mm mm-hmm Good times. Um, but I, uh, the regret is not in necessarily the fact, because I, I like, I like Halloween. It's not that. It's feeling like this movie series is starting to feel a lot longer than it looked on paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, uh, do you remember when we had to do our first, like, Let's do the big Halloween retrospective where we go through the whole goddamn franchise and we do the rankings. And uh, that doesn't seem so bad. Bullshit! Are you kidding me? I sat there for a week. I was just like, "Oh my god, it's more Michael." I could like again. This is coming from a person. If you're a fan of the show, you know that I do not like Michael Myers. You do not. I, I do not like Halloween. And I'm gonna go ahead and ask my question. Sure. So, out of watching back to back to back to back to back, mm-hmm. out of watching all of these Halloween movies, am I not right about at my feelings on Halloween? Like it's just like the more, like, even though we sit there and watch it, and we, I think everyone loves just the thought uh, and the the idea of Michael Myers. I have, I don't know if it's a type of thing to label, like, it's like, oh, it's like, I love, like, the Halloween movies, because it's like, as we were going through, I think four got, like, a one, we gave it, like, a 1.2, like, it was, it was low, Mm -hmm. Halloween five got even lower, six, you hated, I gave it a little bit more, but it was still bad, H2O, I didn't like, you liked a little bit more, but it was still not a good movie. So it's like these weird blocks. I try to think back to 
Nightmare on Elm Street. Same kind of thing. We liked a lot of the... I mean, like, the first one, okay, it was good. And then it just kind of peaked at three and then dropped. And then it's like, it went through the series, and we were like, oh, but, like, these are just bad movies, but we like Freddy. And it's just bad. And then same thing with our good boy Jason. It's like, okay, we... It's like, uh, like the first part's like, there, it goes... And then it just kind of drops off, and we don't like him. But it's like, so why is it that you could sit there and watch this entire franchise and be like, oh, I'm a, I'm a fan of this franchise, yet these movies, and, and out of every talks that we've had so far, every movie is just teeth-grinding, like, bad. It's like, you... I think in two of them, you're like... Thank God I don't have to rewatch this. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna, I might need to sort of marinate in that one for a little bit. We that, might need to revisit it when we do the recap, um, because we still have four more of these. Yeah, but I think this is, like I said, this is the shit sandwich. I can respect the original '78, one and two. If you put one and two together. I'm good. It's kind of like uh, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein for me. You put both of them together and you actually kind of have it's a pretty solid one movie. solid movie. So that was something that I was just kind of a... Uh, yeah, it's like definitely think about it and, yeah. and just see because it's it goes back to that question that I had where it's like when we see these people at you know, Spooky Empire or any of these Halloween conventions that are dressed up like these characters, are you fans of the movie or just the character? And that's where it's because we could sit there and There go, is a difference. Yes. And it's it's really tough. I mean, because like our son, he is a he is a big fan. He's like, I love Michael Myers. Yet he's only seen one movie. He oh, just knows the idea of what he is. I think what was it, the seventy eight movie? It was um No, he didn't see the seventy eight. He saw It was six. He saw a uh, curse. Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, he saw a curse. Well, good news? <laughs> Strike that. I know why he's a fan of Michael Myers. It's because of the goddamn Merkins. Yeah, he, he was, loves the Merkins. If you don't know what we're talking about, go to YouTube, pull up the Merkins, and they do all, it's Backstreet Boy covers, but with they're the, the slashers. Sl- they're the Slash Street Boys. <laughs> and he loves the Michael in there. So yeah. So that's why. That's why I know that he's a huge fan. He's a dork. <laughs> like us. Our dork little boy is a dork. So, yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to sit on that one for a little bit until we get through that. Um, but I think this week we have the contender for worst in the series. And that is not the first time I've heard that. Yeah. This like, is every contender, YouTuber, boom, says that. Contender for worst in the series. Uh, yay. Halloween Resurrection dropped July 12th, 2002. It was made for a budget of about $13 million. It ended up grossing about $37.6 million worldwide. Um, so not too shabby. Um, yeah, all things considered. How, uh, how many years was it spaced between the, the two? Was it three years? Four years. Four years, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then it would go back in the closet for five years before um, Rob Zombie got in it and did his version. Mm-hmm. So... It was directed by Rick Rosenthal. It was written by Larry Brand and Sean Hood, based on the characters created by Deborah Hill and John Carpenter. 
Um, the movie stars Jamie Lee Curtis back as Laurie Strode, Brad Laurie as Michael Myers, Buster Rhymes as Freddy, Bianca Kylick as Sarah, Sean Patrick Thomas as Rudy, Daisy McCracken as Donna, Katie Sackoff as Jen, Luke Kirby as Jim, Thomas Ian Nicholas as Bill, Ryan Merriman as Miles, Tyra Banks as Nora, Billy Kay as Scott. Um, I think that's it for those that are worth mentioning. Um, so yeah, this, I'm going to start off with a positive. Shit sandwiches thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Shit I'm going to start off with a positive. This movie was very, while dated now, was really ahead of its time. With, yep. the, with the live stream and the web show thing. This was 2002. This was the internet before it got as crazy as it is now. This is pre-social media. Pre-Facebook, um, free Twitter. I think the free... only thing up now was, at this point in 2002, was like live journal. I think, wasn't this like I think pre-MySpace? This was pre-MySpace. I was, I got on MySpace in 2004. Yeah. I was I was that big ass nerd that uh, because I also was in a web design class in uh, high school and so uh, one of our things that we could do is like you know we had to do all the coding and stuff like that and uh, so I was that kid that had this like uber decked out pimped out MySpace page Mm -hmm. full of music and backgrounds and all types of shit that I put on myself. And I was actually proud that I did it instead of going to some type of MySpace generator. And yeah, because you, you could. You're like, I know HTML. Yes. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, oh man, like it's so Drop for cowboy and bring me the horizon. Whoo! Sorry, <laughs> flashbacks. Having MySpace flashbacks. Yeah, I was like, oh man, it's all those to, to back when they were doing the shitty MySpace death course. <laughs> oh my god, she went shitty. No, it was great. I'd argue against what Bring Me the Horizon was doing was anything great. Oh, come on. It was so good. Mm. Uh, Like, that was when I like Bring Me the Horizon. I know you like the new stuff now, but it was rough. Yeah. Oh, my God. I I still listen to it. It's just mm, so good. Yeah, pretty good. Black Dolly Murder and Suicide. Oh, God. (sighs) Right. Continue. Sorry. Right. (laughs) But yeah, so there's not a ton of positives about this one so I figured that was a strong way to start to start it off um but it was a bit ahead of it's ahead of its time and um I think the only thing I can think of offhand was like live journal and friendster were a thing at the time and that's about it oh my god I am an ancient millennial Mm mm-hmm Okay. See, I don't. I didn't remember that because I I was still in high school when this movie came out. Yeah, I was I starting mean, my senior was, year. There was some of that stuff that I never actually got involved with. I s- heard about it, but it never dove into it until no. it was. I think the heaviest that I ever went into it was was MySpace. Like mm-hmm. that was that's when I got really into social media tech stuff. So when I saw. I was a little confused, and I had to look it up, uh, like, while we were watching it, but in the the movie, the nerd Deckard, or that's what it's he's... It's Miles. Yeah, this is... Calling himself. Online name is Miles, but yeah. his name is Miles. Is, yeah. So, uh, but 
they, they he calls himself Deckard um, when he talks to Sarah because uh, he pretends that he's a grad student and all this other shit. But um, when he's chatting with her, Sarah can chat back to him through her PDA. Uh-huh. And I didn't think that I was like there. It was confusing at, at first. I'm so ingrained with how it is now. With Wi-Fi. With, well, you know, just yeah. I mean, you have cell phones mm-hmm. that don't need Wi-Fi. You just have a cellular data plan and stuff like that. And so I was, I'm so ingrained with it that when I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. It's just a ancient, you know, way to like text back and forth. And I'm like, but that wasn't a thing. Nope. So I was like, how are they doing that? And I, I had to, like, look it up because, like, could PDAs actually have that ability? Like, was it, like, a pre-text message service or I mean, text, something? texting but, was a thing because there were cell phones. But, like, it wasn't, it wasn't able to do it like it was showing in the movie. There was no Wi-Fi. There was no capability for these two things to link up through the air, basically over the air. That quickly. Hell, our phones now tend to not send shit that quick. I mean, sometimes depending on where we're at. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's like you get in a bad service area, and all of a sudden, I mean, I remember being uh, with uh, Metro PCS, you know, a couple years ago, and it was just it was absolutely miserable going inside a building because it's like you can never get a goddamn signal to send anything. Oh, any yeah, any concrete walls with rebar, and you were kind of fucked. Yeah, you're done. So it was just amazing where Decker was he's watching the live stream of uh, you know their their show and stuff like that and he's just he's telling her it's like oh he's still alive and it's just boom it's instant right there like she can get like a real time granted for this day and age it's cool because that that works it, well, it makes it sense fits. for now, but yeah. in 2000, I think in 2002, that Star Trek appeal, because it was sort of a future tech thing. Because it wasn't anything you could actually do unless you had your cell phone texting back and forth, which, by the way, would have made a million times more sense for that for her to, for them to, do, to be able to text, because texting was a thing in 2002. Yeah. We had T3 texting, which was, oh boy. And, like, but, and I was trying to think of back as to like what the the phone devices were available during that time and i was like wasn't the nokia Mm -hmm. available Mm -hmm. it's like i remember my dad having that and and i believe that had a texting capability Mm -hmm. but um granted for the movie it gives it a better look where you could see it big Mm -hmm. and on top of that it was she was witnessing decker typing it was come. It didn't come through as like one boom. There's your message. It, you could actually see him typing it out. Yeah, you could see the letters forming. Like, mm-hmm. and it was like that was. I don't. It was. It was cool because it gave it like a little creepy element. And on top of that, it almost felt like yes, Decker is actually with them to a degree. But in a weird way, I was like, that's not how any of this works no not at all so it was just a very and even like the live stream stuff um well the live stream stuff on windows 98 yeah was gonna be a tough sell 
I mean, hell, there's some live stream stuff that we get, or it's like you see all the. I mean, now it's like after COVID, it's like all we do is FaceTime and and everything else, and you can just see how shoddy that stuff can be sometimes. Again, with today's 4G, 5G out your ass Wi-Fi, and it's just it's oh, still yeah. glitching and the buffering, and it's just it's just horrible. So for them to get a clean, crisp, well, clean, quick, you know, qu- you know cleanish, cleanish, qu- finger wiggles. Yeah. Um, but that was the thing was, as they were watching it, they were getting. He was able to, like, rotate and go through different camera views with ease, as if he was sitting there in the headquarters like where they were Just had click, all their cameras clicking and, back and forth yeah he was able to click back and forth and um i was trying to think back of what movie um because like they would like all the window i mean the windows 98 is a pretty common thing for you know that time frame but <laughs> the only thing i got uh i could think back to was goldeneye because with when, the monitors yeah, well, it's like, yeah, the monitors, but it's just the way that, or uh, in, like, Jurassic Park, the way that the programs looked. And this program had that same kind of feel where it's big and bulky and yeah, um, a lot of buttons. Uh, so it was just funny where he could just click back and forth. Um, also, that house that they were in the party with, the fact that this guy had a wall-mounted big screen TV computer monitor yeah. that he had connected separately uh, again in this day and age that's a normal thing that's not uncommon no. but for that time I was like holy shit I was like that's, that man has money I mean that's a big ass house but dude for him to be that far advanced yeah that's that's pretty pretty boss. Yeah, no, and it was. It, I mean, it looked really cool. I mean, it, it looked neat, but um, there were definitely some questions, especially knowing where our tech is now compared to where it was twenty years ago. Oh my god, this movie's twenty years old. Yeah. Excuse me, while I go play in traffic. I'll be back. <laughs> so. I actually did that uh, today. Someone on Facebook asked, uh, they're like, oh my God, I'm going to be 25. I'm like, shut up. I'm going to be 37 this year. It's like. Yeah. And there she's like, oh my God, really? You are? I was like, don't you just shut your, you shut your young face. Zip it. <laughs> Zip it, Zoomer. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, I'm trying to decide on what, if I want to talk about the cast in general or how they did Laurie Strode dirty. Um... Let's talk about the cast, because I want to talk about Lower Strode a little bit later. Okay. So the cast, uh, every character had one character trait, and that was about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rudy was in culinary school and clearly didn't think about anything else but food and how to cook. Um, Donna, I wanted to die from the second she stepped on screen. (laughs) She's the redhead, right? The redhead, Yeah. Yeah. The pseudo-intellectual feminist who's taken, like, two psychology classes in <laughs> her entire life. explaining. <laughs> she took, like, she's taken, like, two psych classes in her entire life, and suddenly she's an expert on everything from Carl Jung to, like... It's Look just, out just, for her book later. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, how I got stabbed on an iron rod. Mm. Um, but 
I, which is one of the reasons, sidebar, why I never, shows like Dawson's Creek and Gilmore Girls, I could never get into because of that pseudo-intellectual babble. Nobody fucking talks like that. No. Nobody talks like that. Um, I get it, you're trying to make everyone sound smart and witty and whatever, but it doesn't work. It's irritating. Cut it out. Stop it. I can't think of any other show that I've watched that, that talks like that. And then I got the thinking, the only shows I watch is cartoons. Because I'm a big man-child. <laughs> it's like I'm watching Courage the Cowardly Dog and Chowder and Spongebob. It's like, I should probably think better of my life choices, right? Mm, yeah, you might want to reconsider some things. <laughs> um, but Donna, I really, as soon as she opened her mouth, I was like, kill her. Yep. Just kill her. Um, Jen just... She, Hello, Jen. Jen was perky and wanted to be an, a reporter. Uh, Bill was a perv. He was a lechner perv. Jen was the, the blonde yeah, friend, right? Yeah, that was yeah. Katie Sackhoff's character. Um, Bill was the perv. Uh, any chance he could get, he was grabbing on Jen's ass or trying to shoot the camera down her boobs and and all. That's that's great. That's super. Um, there was Jim, who was the bad boy. Oh, yeah. He's he just the... so... So just... I'm just gonna go to a biker bar and order milk and then not drink it. He's a lonely, lonely. <laughs> what a bastard. <laughs> More Sh- IT references. <laughs> Show, showing up in his leather jacket and all of that. And then... Oh, not only that. The little asshole, like, when they were doing their little seminar thing of, like... Oh, the you interviews? Guys, yeah, oh, no, it's like, you guys made it. And it's like, congratulations to you six. He's sitting there so inconvenienced with his glasses on, mm-hmm. like his big aviators. He really didn't want to be there. Not even on properly. He's just like, he just like threw them on just like super quick. And I'm like, why are you here? It's like, we're like, I'm sorry that you're here, that we picked you. Like, like you very clearly want nothing to do with this, but here we go. Like, why did you sign up? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we have the worst... Probably the most boring and unengaging final girl I have ever seen in a horror movie. Sarah. Okay, so people want to bitch about Rooney Mara in the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Like, she slept her way through it, and everyone had some commentary about how she was bored and didn't want to be there. Um, sure. Bianca Kalick, though? What the fuck? She... Talk about a no sell. I, I, I won't say that she didn't. It was a no sell. It was just a. It just wasn't a good delivery. There I was think, no effort. I, no, I actually have to disagree with you. I think the effort was there. Hmm. It was just poorly executed. Like maybe like she just wasn't that skilled enough to deliver what was needed. And like there's like this this uh, shot where. They're doing the interviews and the light falls and the big explosion or like you know, the the light explodes and she screams. It's not her. No. They had to dub over a scream because she literally could not do it. Yeah, some people just aren't capable of making the noise come out of their mouth. Yeah, not that's that's me. Like I, mine just kind of goes into a yell and then a giggle. But like it's just. I mean, you don't even really laugh either. <laughs> no. Like, you can't even laugh. You. Kind of do this weird whisper chuckle thing. If if it if I get something that really makes me laugh, 
then yeah, you're going to hear. But a lot of times it's just that. <laughs> No, but not even that. Like sometimes you're, it's yeah. like you're making the faces and you're making, your mouth is making the shape, but I don't, there's no sound coming out. It's, you, like, a, it's like a silent movie over here. Yeah, pretty much. But <laughs> me, if something really tickles me. Oh, it's that, yeah, that, that's what I do. <laughs> like yeah. I cackle. Yeah, you, you can do. hear You can hear me like two blocks over. If something really makes me laugh, like the, my, the sound booms. Because yeah. um, I unfortunately have one of those voices that just carries. <laughs> so, as far as like for her, I just don't think the execution was there. I just think she's a terrible final girl, like just straight up. I'm not defending her as a final girl at all because like that final scene that we will talk about a little later is very cringy. Um, but Boy. all the stuff like like kind of leading up to it, it's the whole thing of the build up. It's weird because this is another Tina situation. I'll hear you out, but I'm going to disagree with you. Hear me out. The Tina situation comes from her blonde friend. Okay. Her blonde friend being this overly bubbly big energy and it's like and every time you see her she's just kind of like this harley quinn kind of just energy like yeah. she's just like she's always in your face like anytime she's on screen you automatically gravitate towards her yeah because she's so big in her personality like tina was she every steals- other character steals and sucks Everything else so out she, of the scene. Okay, so because she's st- stealing the scene. Yep. And that's where, but there's because there's a lot of scenes where because she's supposed to be the overly bubbly person, Sarah being the calm, you know, collected, it, it makes it boring. And because I don't think she really, I have never seen this girl in anything else other than this movie. It's like I don't know if she's that great of an actress. Sarah? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, she's done a bunch of stuff, but nothing I would recognize. I, not, I mean, she's had a lot of small parts and bit parts. I think she had a part on one episode of like Psych. Um, she had a part in um, Bring It On. Um, she didn't. Have, but from what I can gather from her IMDb, a lot of what she did was more. I mean, I, I do love Psych. She did a bunch of... She did eight episodes of Dawson's Creek. Um, which makes sense. Which I've never seen. She did one yeah. episode of Psych, but that was back in 2007. No, but, like, for this movie, like, did she do anything before this movie? Yeah. Um, she did almost an entire season of Boston Public. She did an episode of Freaks and Geeks, but was just a bit part. She was... Uh, she had a an actual part in Bring It On. Um, and then she had a bit part... As the coffee girl on ten thing in ten things I hate about you. Okay, but that's so no, not really. No, but that's what I'm saying is like it, anything that was a starring or like a reoccurring role. Oh yeah, nope. Just I guess the bring it on role, but I haven't seen that movie in so long I couldn't tell you. That's what I'm saying. So it's just I don't know how good of an actor she is because I haven't seen any of her other work to give a good comparison for. So I'm kind of taking this as like a first major movie role that she's starring in. Yeah, not great. And that's where that comparison with Tina came into play because 
that's what I was seeing is every time that blonde girl was on it was on screen, boom, you automatically like, focused on her. Oh yeah. And it took away from Sarah, which is the person that we're supposed to be following. And it's like, but she didn't give enough of the personality now, see, to combat that. Then, or, or, then or what magic. they then what they should have done as the directors, you know, after a couple of days of filming, should have seen that dynamic and went, "We need to switch you." Yeah. Every time, every single time, there like why, needs to be something. It's obvious, and you can see it. And at some point, from production to post production, the end of editing, and all of that shit, when you're finally like tying the whole movie up at the end, somebody should have seen this and went, "Huh." This girl is white bread. There is nothing to her. But Katie Sackoff, who has gone on to do bigger things, she did the entirety of Battlestar Galactica. Yep. Um, but going on to do other things, it's like, okay, clearly she's got the personality. She's got something to her. She's a bit of a scene stealer. You can't help but look at her. Let's make her Sarah, make her our final girl, and then have Bianca play the Jen role where she's a bit more subdued because you're gonna fucking kill her off anyway and our final girl like not for nothing but our final girl needs to be somebody we're so engaged with that we're rooting for her by the end i wasn't rooting for sarah i was bored and wondering why she was still on my screen now as you just said that right i'm gonna give you this question mm-hmm. why in that same thought process why is it that we love Jamie Lee Curtis as, as Laurie Strode in the 78 film? Because there was something engaging about her. Why? What What was it? Because if you think back to her friends, you had the uber bubbly... Well, you had, you had Annie, who was pretty bubbly, and you had Linda, who she just... She was very loud. Yep. Um, and, and then Laurie was the dud. She was a smarty girl. She was the calm one. She was the one that... So, it's the same premise. But why was it that we liked Lori other than Sarah when they had the same kind of concept and premise? And I kind of set you up for that because I wanted... I I was thinking about that the whole time watching this. We like... Okay, then let me answer it. I'm sorry. I was just trying to get out my thought. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we like Lori Strode because... Jamie Lee Curtis has a presence to her. There's a dynamic to her, even when she's trying to be quiet and play a quieter role. Um, but Laurie Strode embodied that weird girl next door vibe well enough. I can't really explain it because it's all in how, in the presence of the person. And because, like, Jamie Lee Curtis, even when she's trying to pull back and be quieter, she still radiates this energy about her that draws you to her she's kind of odd looking um like she's there's just something about her like she's pretty kind of but like just off like there's something about her that draws your eye sarah was a mousy brunette with no personality there was no reason to look at her there was nothing I mean, she's about a, her she's a gorgeous girl but no it was just, she was very plain looking i mean she's pretty but she's, she's pretty but it's just uh, she's yeah boring but that's what i'm saying is like so i was thinking back to just really all of your final girls, right? For for Halloween, I should say. So you have Laurie Strode, mm-hmm. who basically in on paper had the same concept tour that Sarah did. Uh, the only other our favorite final girl with um, Rachel with Rachel 
again, it, there was more personality there. There was something that was a little bit deeper, but she didn't have that loud, bubbly friend no. until Tina. Right. But then, but even then, she matched to Tina. Yeah, the energy levels were, were about the same. So, And like, then she was killed off, and then we, that didn't matter. Well, yeah, go back and listen <laughs> to part five, and we'll, we'll talk about that there. But, like, but Rachel, Rachel's appeal was, so, like, Lori's appeal was she kind of had this girl-next-door thing. You kind of wanted to rescue her. There was just something about her. Rachel was very proactive. She was very plucky. She was very smart. She was always trying to get ahead of Michael Myers. Um, she was problem solving as she went her brain fired on all cylinders the whole time um at least for part four part five Mm -hmm. kind of went sideways a bit (laughs) yeah that kind of went yeah um but i would liken sarah if you want to go with other halloween final girls to kara strode kara was fucking boring there was nothing like again she was pretty but like that sort of standard pretty where you she looked like a version of every other pretty girl you could see walking down any street in any part of the United States at any on any given day. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Sarah. She's a pretty girl, but she's like <clears throat> the pretty girl that goes to your high school. She's not going to draw your eye. Um, and there's just nothing. And like Kara, there was nothing about her. And you were drawn to Paul Rudd, Tommy Doyle. You were drawn to Tommy in part six, A, because Paul Rudd is... It's Paul Rudd. Well, <laughs> this is before he became Paul Rudd, but like... He was like, easy on the eyes. He was good to look at. And he was just so weird. He yeah. was playing Tommy so weird. You couldn't help but go, what is he doing? Mm-hmm. And you're paying attention. So, But he likes dinosaurs. And that's cool. he can hold a baby. That's I mean, <laughs> I ovulated a little. I don't know about you. <laughs> I, I, sure, I certainly did. <laughs> but so we have, and then we're back to Laurie Strode in age 20. Um you could argue Michelle Williams' character a little bit, but even then, she was pretty boring, too. Halloween has a really terrible history of Final Girls, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Again, that goes back to my point of, is is the franchise actually good? Because all the Final Girls just either... Because, like, literally, even Lori started out kind of weak, because... She would just, every time she thought she got Michael down, she would stop and she would sit and she would cry. When really, at the very least, she should be, if she's not going to double tap, her ass needs to be running out the door. But she would just sit and she would cry and she was reactive rather than proactive. A hundred percent. And every single time you and me sit there and go, we can't stand it when our your final girl or when your survivor does that. It doesn't make any sense to sit there and go... Oh my god, I have I'm just going to freak out and then I'm just going to sit next to the killer. Right. Just it, because you think he's dead doesn't mean he's actually dead. Yeah, it, it makes no sense. Like and so then, the 78 drove me crazy. The Well, then in part 2, Halloween part 2, she's incapac- she's been sedated for most of the movie. We don't even have Lori active. She's got a wig. Yeah. Maybe her wig sedated her. It's an IV through the head. Maybe. But, like, Lori's not even active until the third act. She's bedridden most of it. So, a lot of people point to Lori Strode as being, like, the great final girl. I would say she was the blueprint to which others were built and built 
off of. Just like any of the other, like, well, just like the 78 Halloween movie. Right. Everything just seems but to kind of find kind, that follow But I can with. kind of point to other franchises, like, say, um, Nancy. So you have, all right, so you have two intelligent brunettes. You have Sarah and Halloween Resurrection, and you have Nancy and Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Nancy, we're, they're, they're both very smart girls. They similar with, you know, just sort of average looking, pretty, kind of pretty, like there's, but there's nothing wowy about their looks. What's the difference there? Nancy is proactive. She she's studying books on, but she's booby traps and... as silly as the booby trap thing was. She was proactive. I'm into survival. She was looking at it as a problem that needed to be solved. She was trying to get ahead of it because she saw her friends getting picked off one by one. Yep. And she's like, "God damn it, it's not going to be me." And then she did it again in Dream Warriors, except at the end of Dream Warriors, and she got better in that too. Yep. But at the end of Dream Warriors, she ended up getting picked off. Sarah was none of those things. And you can look at um, probably one of my favorites is Ginny from Friday the 13th Part 2. Again, very intelligent, very proactive. They mention her both. So what they have in common is you have two psych majors going at their respective killers. But Ginny is using her what knowledge she has to trap and take down Jason Voorhees. Now, it's hokey. Mm -hmm. It's kind of goofy. But there's a practical application happening here with the sweater and playing to his mommy issues and what have you. Sarah, when Resurrection opens, you see her sitting in her psych class. And Rick Rosenthal, the director, is playing the professor. She's sitting there during a lecture and what have you. Um... I love she doesn't they, use it. I know, but I love how they, they also do that thing where he's given this lesson, no one's answering, and then the camera just pans perfectly up to her, and then she just drops the answer instantly. Not to say that she probably wouldn't maybe know the no, answer, but, but it's just hilarious where she just like, yeah, like she's just listening, listening, listening. Yeah, here's the answer, and then they cut. <laughs> yeah, it was like a very Mary Sue thing to do, which yeah. I hate those characters. Um, it is a cool panning shot, though. I, I do like that where it goes down the aisle and then kind of goes to the teacher and then goes back up. The, like I, kinda, I, I yeah, like the way that feels. It's a it's a it's a neat shot. Yeah. Like it looks cool, um, but it was it didn't do anything <laughs> except there's your girl. Yeah, it's like oh goody, <laughs> we're introduced to uh, uh, clearly she's going to be our final girl. Oh, when... and the professor's talking about exactly what is about to happen. Oh yeah, it's totally like on it's the always one of those, or it's like in um, uh, like Nightmare on Elm Street where you can see their the teacher talking about something from ancient times that has to deal with dreams and. Oh yeah, it's, it's always <laughs> something. Um, you gotta tie it all back into that plot, man. Yeah. So, Sarah, not that I can recall anyway, but there was at no point during this film where she was using. Any of the knowledge that she had gained, where Ginny was doing that, it was kind of goofy, like I said, but she, there was a practical application of the knowledge that she had. So Paul mentioned, said something about her being in, going to school for child psychology at the beginning of the movie, and then it, as 
ridiculous as those scripts usually are, somehow they managed to loop it back around and tie it into the end of the movie. I I 100% thought that they were going to do some type of psychological thing yep. towards Michael because of uh, the redhead. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. it's like, okay, so that's one thing. And then on top of that, uh, what's the, the, um, the cook's name? Um, Rudy. That was another thing, too. I don't know any of these kids' names. I just know them as cook, douchebag, perv, redhead. Like, that's, I don't care. And that's, that, that. That's bad. That's bad That's for real me. bad. I only know Sarah because she's the final girl. I know Michael because, heh, he's got the mask. And I only know Freddie because I am a huge Busta Rhymes fan. Like, I am all in with flip mode and Busta Bust and, like, and I'm in for all of that. Oh, yeah. The whole time I'm sitting there watching this movie, I'm sing, like singing like give me some more and like <laughs> like just it's all like just playing on my head with just the uh like it's just it just it flows. But that was the thing is like none of the kids I only know them as cook, redhead, douche, perv. Like it it, it just it, it helps me that way. So when the redhead is going on her you know, fem knowledge dropping. Yep. And then turns around, and then you get Sarah, who is also knowledgeable, but doesn't use that information. Then you have the cook, who also is, like, an info dump as well. And, like, there's a scene where they're in the kitchen uh, when they first get into the Myers house. And he's like, oh, look, look, this fennel. He's like, this is brand new. It, does, it, shouldn't, be, uh, it shouldn't be fresh. It's like, do you think this is be the knife like that they used to like? And it's just he kind of went in a little bit more, it like nerdy. I think he would have been the nerd in this group type of thing just because of the the way that he conducted himself and he always taught like everything came around cooking. Even his death was around cooking. Like he yeah. died in the kitchen. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> one dimensional. Yeah. One personality trait. Oh, no, he did smoke weed. So I guess that counts, too? Yeah, they no, did. No, because that ties right back into the whole thing, because he talks about food while he's getting Yeah, plates. exactly. So that was the thing was, I think they had an I like a topic to kind of infiltrate into the movie, but was completely dropped and just not used. Well, the Rudy thing with the, the cooking ended up being sort of kind of useful because he was the first clue or he found the first clue that this whole thing was a setup that the Myers house was staged for what we now know as reality television um oh yeah because this was survivor had come out the year before so yeah this is very and, of the time and they made the survivor reference mm -hmm. like because uh the the blind went over to the perv and she's like you were this close from getting voted off the island mm -hmm. it was just like oh, okay like that's but um yeah yeah so rudy's rudy's field of study ended up having a practical application coolness because he was the one who's like hey these herbs are fresh but it didn't but it didn't also dawn on him to look and go, hey, this knife looks awfully new. Like, the chef's knife he pulls out of the drawer. And I'm just like, okay, so we're just going to stop there. All right, fine. Um, but he, his was a useful practical application of his knowledge. And then, um, I don't know, I just... And then Jen and Donna, the blonde and the redhead, 
those two with the whole, um, what was it? Bill said something about a surefire way to get her to be famous, internet famous, was to flash, to basically take her her clothes off. And I was like, this is true. Also. 100%. Yeah. Only fans. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Um, And I was like, wow. Did this, I can't tell if this aged badly or not, because this is still very much a thing. Oh my god, it, it's a hunt, like, it was a hundred percent that, uh, this day and age. Yeah. If anything, it's, a, it's, it's more pertinent now than it was 20 years ago, yeah. because we're in the age of OnlyFans and those sorts of things. But that's where I was, like, when I went on that little... Cam girls? Yeah, that's when I went on the whole thing with, like, the technology early on, where I was like, I'm sitting there watching it, and because I'm so ingrained with the way the technology is now, it made sense to me. And then it was the same thing with like, oh yeah, you take your top off, you'll be a, you'll be famous. Mm-hmm. Sure thing. But it's it was, like, it was another way that this movie was sort of ahead of its time was because the influencers. You know, that's how you get internet famous. You do something like that, you become an influencer. And so that was Bill. Just again, it was just trying to get Jen to take her clothes off, but she she did the tease. Donna, who I fucking hated so much, <laughs> she was so. She ended up going down to the basement with um, the bad boy, douchey McDouche douche. Jim, I think his name was Jim. Uh, who cares? Anyway, <laughs> with uh, Curly, because I remember he had curly hair. Yeah. Uh, she went down to the basement with him. The bastard. And she. Was another psych major, but she was a bit of a know-it-all, and she was insufferable, and she wouldn't stop fucking talking. And when she found out that uh, Curly there was a music major, she said that was, like, akin to being a... She's like, oh, if I do it with a music major, it's akin to being a lesbian or something like that. And then he's like, I like to find out what that's like. And I'm like, well done, sir. I was like, I like that he... Constantly it. just didn't play into that defeated, like, he just kept going. Mm-hmm. And because I think he knew that there was something and he was he was going to be able to get into that. But it was just hilarious that she would fight it, fight it, fight it. And then it was just the... And she's the first one getting naked. Oh my God, yeah. Like, she's she's putting up this huge front with her psychobabble bullshit and because Jim's like I don't fucking care suddenly she's like and I'm naked like what the fuck is happening is is that how you is that how you do it you just talk a woman down so much that it's just like alright fine like you just (laughs) neg her until her clothes come off yeah it's just it's because nothing nothing about that guy seemed to really connect with her. Nope. It's the fact that he was so locked in on her. In every scene while they were going around the house, he never left her alone. I would say, flip that, give the pervy dude the redhead, and the asshole the blonde, and it's like that would somehow fit more with the personalities. Well, they everybody got paired off pretty quickly on this search and i don't know why they were put in this house it was was it to solve the mystery of yep. michael myers that was the that what was the, a stupid pretense they were trying to 
they well they wanted to it was supposed to be a Halloween night inside the most iconic murder house in their town and there again it was just the whole thing of you spend the night in the house and see if you could find find out any information that maybe no one has ever found before which is Stupid, because Loomis would be like, what the fuck was I doing for my entire life? Right, like- and this is this is 24 years after the babysitter murders in 78. What, what else are, are they going to Oh, no, no, 20, 78, yeah, so 24 years. So, like, what are we supposed, like, the cops haven't gone through that place with a fine-tooth yeah. comb 27 times at that point. And that's where it's, like, all the stuff that they were finding in there, like, the weird... It was all staged. Well, yeah, of course it was. But, I mean, it was just funny that... The high chair, though. Yeah, the high chair was was, was pretty nuts. Um, but the whole thing of, like, some of the toys, like, the one that looked like Sid from Toy Story made it with the weird... With the head and yeah, stuff. The, yeah, it's like... All that stuff, or even like the kitchen knife, like the brand spanking new kitchen knife. When it came out, it was like super shiny, not rusted, nothing. Um, all of that stuff, where it was, yeah, it was Freddie just trying to just place it just to make it, to, just to, he, I want views. I want the For viewers. Sure. Because it's not that it's just he was the, the. He was the proto Jake Paul. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's not that it was. I think he was wanting the the group to give the reaction because if you really think about it, like all right, so the the leather jacket douchebag and the redhead when they started getting busy down in the the oh, we're gonna get into the house structure too, but when they get down in the cellar into and, the catacombs and the, of the yeah, cellar, what the and fuck? all of a sudden the wall falls down and the skeleton drops with like and, and an arm. And it's just like, yeah, it's going to look fake to the person that it actually drops on onto. But on the webcam, they're seeing something completely yeah, different. Yeah, it's going to look real to it's them. It's going to look real to but them. But I love that Donna's reaction is, oh my god, it's his victims. Bitch, he was arrested when he was six. What victims? He killed his sister. Yeah. And he didn't, what? And there was like ten bodies that fell out of that wall. What the fuck? This is Haddonfield. Y'all should know the story. Yeah. Inside out and backwards. And that's where a lot of that was falling apart. And yeah, it's all Freddie just trying to make a, a, a haunted house of just... Sure. That's all it was. I'm going to put in a whole bunch of creepy shit and make, you know, coloring books with weird, you know, colored pages. I'm going to put a mannequin in the closet with the, with the mask that looks like Michael, but it's not even close to being Michael. And it's just... Remember that... Uh, the, remember America's Best Dance Crew? Yeah. Remember the, oh, the Jabberwockies? That was uh, their mask. I still watch them all the time. I'm not even joking. No, I, like, that's I, their mask. I have my YouTube feed. I still get recommendations for Jabberwockies. They're amazing. Love the Jabberwockies. Um, but that was the thing. Was like all the stuff that was staged. It was there was so much of it that it's like almost instantly you're like, okay, yeah, this is all bullshit. Um, I watch a lot of ghost adventures and the ghost hunter shows and there's some stuff in there where you kind of have a feeling that okay something may have been placed just to give some type of reaction but again this is all shows done for discovery they have to get ratings they have to get views so if it's not if there's nothing interesting 
you're not gonna you're not gonna be engaged as a viewer. Oh sure, like and and Freddie knew that. Freddie yeah. knew that he had to keep it spicy because if they were just going around the unstaged Myers house, people are gonna lose interest in five minutes because nothing's happening. One of the it's like the ghost hunter shows. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, it's it's there's a there's one ghost adventure show that I um, caught where um, they were in this is an asylum as they do and they, there's like this little like teddy bear mm-hmm. and it's kind of like yeah the teddy bear could still be there but it's one of those like deep i almost feel like it was placed there earlier on in the day yeah and it's just again it got some cool footage because the teddy bear moved but it's just one of those come on guys yeah there's st- like i 100 percent believe in ghosts and all that stuff like it's it's cool. I love it. But it's not... The show's not going to do well no. if nothing is happening. And there's times where I'll watch the show, and if they do a lot of, like, goofy, outlandish shit, like, before they're locked down, I know that they're not going to get a whole lot of evidence because they're not focused on the the, the whole lockdown. Um, for this, it was funny because Freddie is outside of the street, all the news cameras, and everyone's out there. He's getting all this publicity, and he... Hits his uh, little horn and sends the the kids inside. And then a little bit later, the whole time, he's sitting there showing the viewers all this little stuff. Because all their cameras are, like, POV cameras. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which, again, for those cameras to be that small, sending out that image, again, that's pretty high-tech shit. Because now it's all GoPros. Mm. Big boxy fucking cameras. I mean, yeah, you still got the little stuff, but it's just for uh, a wearing, web show. Yeah, but most people are wearing them like on their heads or on their around their necks or something like that, like on their chests. It's not an over-the-ear piece like it was on this. And that's fine. Like, that stuff didn't bother me as much. No. Like, of all the shit... In this movie, that was the, one of the least egregious things. Yeah. No, I, and I don't say it was, but I'm just saying it was like, dude, like that's pretty innovative for them to sit there and go, okay, you put these put these on the side of your head, you don't have to worry about it. It's not like they're like the, those fucking the camera glasses or any of that shit. And it's like, um, but that was the thing was Freddie being able to give the viewers something to give them a little bit of a shock. Because then, like, as we see with the college kids, when they all decide to leave the party to watch the Michael Myers show, one right there, it's like, because, like, a couple of the kids come in and they're about to just get busy. And then they turn around and see Decker there and they're like, oh, you perv. He's like, oh, you guys want to (laughs) watch? He totally redirects the conversation. They're like, oh, is this the Michael Myers thing? Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's not have sex. Let's not go and drink ourselves stupid on oh, Halloween. Oh, like, let's watch this TV show with this other nerd that's dressed up like a Pulp Fiction character. Um, <laughs> so, but as all those college, there's a couple of the scenes where a couple of the kids get killed, and they think that it's fake. They know what it is. Yeah. But they just want to see the entertainment out of it. And, I mean, they're all drinking and stuff like that, but it's just the fact that it's... It was interesting to see that dynamic, and Decker was the only one that goes, oh, shit, this is real. Mm-hmm. 
Well, he's, he catches on first. Uh, it takes a while for Freeberg and the others to catch on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which, yes, Freeberg from Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah, he's in the background <laughs> of um, that shit. He, he uh, comes in, and that's when he is like, oh, is this the Michael Myers thing? Oh, cool. And then he sits down, and that's it. <laughs> well, then eventually other kids from the party start trickling in, and then suddenly the room is full. You come every scene, there's a few more kids, there's a few more kids, and by the time you get to the end of the movie, it's a full, the room's full. And, uh, I mean, yay, way to go, Miles, good for you. So, um, but, yeah, uh, everything up to Freddy dressing up as Michael Myers, because he wanted to ramp up the intensity of it. Because it was was only going to be an overnight lockdown, they weren't going to be there for days and days and days or anything, um... The continued emasculation of Michael Myers in this in this series. Woof. So the real Michael Myers comes somehow gets into a locked house. How? He was already there. He just but he 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 managed to get in and out. It was anyway. In and out, in and out. Because no, because um Freddy Alright, so getting back to the emasculation part before we get into the next thing. Freddy looked Michael square in the face when he came in and said, he thought, because he thought he was his cameraman. And he said, what the fuck are you doing here? You need to get out. And he was like poking him in the head. And he was poking him in the chest. And uh, he was getting a little hood on him. Oh my God. Like, I can't tell you how many times. Like, I grew up in Sanford, which is our kind of like, ghetto area of central florida and not anymore maybe not, not anymore but it's like when i when as i was growing up and i can't tell you how many times i've seen that finger poke to the forehead it's like it's so i was like oh my god i'm in flashbacks again yeah and so he told michael go to the garage with norma the garage was detached you had to get out of the house to go into the garage. Now, we knew Freddy had that little underground tunnel thing. We discovered that. But Michael did not have that. Freddy literally told... Like, that scene drove me crazy because it was too much. They needed to pull it back. He needed to just be like, you need to just go out, like, go out there with Norma. Like, and that was something where he because, came because he out... Kept, and he kept going. He's like, Norma's in the garage. Where I left her. Yeah. The back door's unlocked. I'm like, what? Yeah. There's a knife in there. There's a rope that you're going to be able to use if you... He, just, <laughs> he kept dropping the breadcrumbs and spelling it out. And I'm just sitting there thinking, this is... The, who wrote this fucking dialogue? You, you know what the best part of that was? Michael literally going... Okay. Oh, oh okay. And then slowly turned and walked away yeah it's like he didn't say anything there was no no we just left or i mean obviously michael's not gonna say anything but it was just he didn't stab the shit out of freddie no he was, just, he was just like it was like oh sh-. like it, it looked like a scolded child yeah <laughs> well uh, it looked like a scolded child that just got told that there's chocolate in the kitchen he's like oh shit like i just got yelled at I'm going to go eat some chocolate. <laughs> it was so stupid. It's so And then weird. he goes and he disappears for a while. And then Freddy does his thing where he's trying to freak all the kids out. And almost gets his ass kicked for his trouble. Yeah. Um, where he had to 
how did dead meat put it he broke kayfabe my turn he totally the, did he had them turn the cameras off and was like stop it stop it stop it's just ready quit because he was getting his ass handed to him um yeah it was uh the the asshole uh leather leather jacket dude he came in with like a I think he hit him with a shovel or something like that. Yeah, like, he just, he, he just, yeah, Freddie was just getting it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Michael somehow managed to get in and out of the locked house. Because they made sure that the front back doors and all the windows were locked so that nobody could leave. But I think because Freddie could, he had those ways of getting in and out. And I also think that Michael didn't need to get out. There and also too, there were all those tunnels underneath, like oh, including okay. Michael's mm. Michael's underground bedroom where he was eating rats. Okay, so this house. When did it ever get a weird dungeon and an underground sewer and tunnel? Yeah, because this was legitimately Michael Myers' house. They just, they just dressed it up for the show. Yeah. So it was actually the Myers house. At least as far as I can remember. Yeah, but there so was... at some point somebody issued a permit for them to build a dungeon in the basement and that that connected to underground tunnels in the streets. Yeah, it was what, like some fucking Pennywise. What sewer. is Haddonfield? Edinburgh now? What the yeah. fuck is this? That's what I'm saying is like it was so bizarre cuz I'm like it started where they were going down in the tunnels, or like they went down into what I thought was like a cellar. Mm-hmm. But there was also there was like a trap door that they had to get this a special key to unlock, which was dangling from the high chair, which had leather straps on it. Like there was, they were insinuating that even when he was a baby, Michael was so psychotic they used to have to strap him down to feed him. Okay. Yeah, and I was like, and that whole thing of. It's like, so he killed his sister when he was how old? Six. And then he went to an insane asylum right after that? For 15 so years. So why would there have to be chains on the wall? I have no idea. It's like, um, there, like he wasn't killing anything else unless there was like this whole other storyline that, quote unquote, was never you know, issued until we saw the 78 film. But it was just, it's such a bizarre thing to have... The weird cellar, and then on top of that, to go deeper into the sewers like a fucking Ninja Turtle. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, I could not stand well, because it made no because, sense. Well, especially because parts of it were partitioned off with these wrought iron gates. And Michael must have gotten in by breaking down one of those iron gates somehow. So, wait, wait, okay. So, wait a minute. <laughs> if I'm thinking this out correctly... Michaels was living underground for four years in Haddonfield before he attacked Lori. That's the only explanation I have. Because the way everything was, it looked where his underground bedroom looked well lived in. But at some point, he had to go down under the street and he had to break down this wrought iron gate in order to get in and create his little hidey hole. Is a little lair. I mean, if that is how, I mean, it's such a bizarre thing, but, and it's like, I try to think back to. The connections just don't fucking make any no. sense. And it's like, I look back to the remake for Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. 
uh-huh. where Jason lived underground and he could travel like he had tunnels going back and forth. So I was like, you know what? Okay, that makes sense because that's his camp and you yeah. know, he's been there for years. And there's always been the stories of Michael. I mean, throughout the years, like if you sit there and go, okay, so everything that happened in 78, H1 and H2, if that was canon, everything in between that gets dropped. H2O is the brand new timeline. Yeah. So right there, Lori Strode and everything that happened was real sure so now going forward with resurrection they have those stories but going forward in that so from 78 all that time frame michael has been around around he's just doing something while Lori carts her ass off to, to california because it yeah so yeah now she cuts Michael's head off, or finger wiggles. She at cuts the off end, a paramedic. At head. the end of H two O, it turns out that she cuts off a paramedic's head that had his larynx like crushed. Yeah, and so he couldn't talk. Yeah, um, and so you cut that. That's in California. So now she has now traveled back to. Chicago or like to Illinois? Is that where the new asylum was, or was that still in no, California? No, they shipped her back to Illinois. Okay, so she went back to Illinois, mm-hmm. and now Michael, who survived age twenty, is now carted his or he drove back to Illinois to find her. Yes, and that was between a three-year period. A three, four year period because she was sitting in this asylum, freaking out Mm -hmm. and waiting for Michael to show back up. She basically is pretending to be catatonic and just unresponsive and all this other stuff so that she, she could wait for Michael. It's like, what a fucking mess of a story. It's just, it drives me crazy that... That whole time frame of Michael, what the fuck are you doing? You spent, how long did it take him to go from Illinois after killing the the nurse in H20 and driving all the way over to California? About two days. Two days. Why did it take him three years, three, four years to get back and f- to find out where she was? Why would Lori even end up back in Illinois? Yeah, why wouldn't she be in California in in an asylum? That's what I'm saying. It's like the whole thing, it just, it grinded my gears. Because it made no sense. And on top of that, where we're getting this, like, what the fuck is he doing? How's he killing time? What the fuck is he doing? Is he... You know, solving Rubik's cubes? Is he playing Pokemon? Like real. This is a real time thing. They said that... When the, at the beginning of the movie, when the nurses were giving you the recap. Oh, my God, the info dump again. Yep, at the beginning of every oh, single one. Oh, talk about that in a second. Um, but at the beginning, when the nurses were giving the recap, they were talking about how four years ago, Lori Strode, blah, blah, blah. And it was the whole, basically, the recap of H2O. But it's real time. And H H20 was 20 years later. 
in the timeline of the actual film. Not just our timeline, it was theirs too. So, he just bided his time for 20 years, not actually doing anything, and then suddenly decided on the 20th anniversary of the day he originally attacked Laurie Strode that he was going to go ahead and go find her now. Like, you, what? And then we wait four more years to go back to Illinois to try to find her one more time to kill her. Succeeding this time, I guess. But, okay. We're just... (sighs) It is such a clunky way to get into it. And on top of all of this, I sat back and... (laughs) It made me laugh as far as when you say that every single movie deals with some type of hospital. And, or I, I I think I mentioned that to you where it was just... No, I, I got there on my own. No, I know you did, but it was just like, it was like every single movie dealt with some type of hospital. Mm-hmm. It's like as that same concept flooded my brain, I sat back, watched that scene, and I just went, they are literally reusing almost every opening to Halloween. They did it for age 20. Mm-hmm. They did it for, um, what was the, uh, it was, it wasn't age 20, it was the, um, I think it was five? Yeah, it was five when the, the fucking, the weird security guard was given the terrible info dump. Yep. Where, where they were trans, tra- oh no, no, I think it was, four. it was four, when he was doing the info dump and they were transferring him out. It was just like, somehow it deals with the hospital and they transfer out Michael's body and then they continue the story from there something like that every single opening is like that well to a degree no, more or less not not every single one is gonna is beat for beat that but i think every removing season of the witch obviously yeah um nope abort throw that one back on the pile too even season of the witch so we're in a hospital every every halloween movie is in a yep. hospital at some point or another yep all of them. I'm just. I'm, I'm bored now. <laughs> I'm just saying it was. It was just the. It's funny that at the beginning where they're in the hospital, there's always some type of info dump, mm-hmm. and that, and also too, um, with this one, I loved the security guards in this one. Um, Franklin. Oh, the fat ass. Franklin oh was God. hilarious because it was like, at least I got some enjoyment out of him. Um, oh, yeah, sure. Hey, man, what are you doing? I'm hungry. I missed lunch. Yeah. You're <laughs> hunting a fucking killer, fat ass. Stop. No. Stop the vending machine. No, it's like, it was this uh, obsessed serial killer um, patient. Yeah. Uh, he was just, uh, he's kind of like that Rain Man uh Oh yeah, he's obsessed with serial killers. Yeah, he just knows information all after the all facts. the inf- all the facts, um, and so they think that it's him that got out uh, because Franklin caught him outside of the gate earlier on, uh, scared the shit out of him with a clown mask. Yeah, so they thought he was in the Michael. Yeah, so oh like oh like I thought we you know you sent him back and Franklin's like I did like I put him back in his room and they're like well, you got to make sure you do your job right and that's when so I think they're like oh there's not a big threat and then all of a sudden Franklin hears that scream here's the thing that drives me bananas 
about Michael Myers kills. He starts off with a really amazing kill off screen. And then the on screen is so weak. So when Franklin is out there, you know, searching to see what kind of chips or candy bar he wants, and he hears the scream from the other guy, and he runs down the hall, he hears the, the tumbling in the dryer. He walks over, opens it up, lifts up the, the, you know, just the bed sheet and sees the head, sees the eye, freaks out. And then falls back and falls over the the body. body, I was like, that's fucking cool. Granted, how did you not see the body laying there in the first place? Yeah, he missed that. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it wasn't that far back away from the... I was like, eh, you probably... No, no, that was on the way to the washing machine. Yeah. So, I was like, that's pretty cool. And then on top of that, so Michael would have had to cut that dude's head clean off one go. Yeah. And throw it in, push start. Right? Yeah. He would have done that But there was no quick. blood on those sheets. No. So he would have had to have done that, gone through that whole scenario, but then all of a sudden, once he gets Franklin, he just grabs him by the top of the head and then slits the throat. Franklin goes down. I was like, why can't you get a cool kill on Franklin? I was like, would well, you not have time? Is there, is yeah, right? it like... You know, was your effort just like, oh, I already killed one guy. I don't need to, you know... Yeah, like... Do you not have enough energy to keep it going? Like, you're performing... It's kind of like sex. That's what it feels like, and sometimes it's like, uh, I swear this never happens to me. Yeah. Or, you know, just they just can't perform the same every time. Just kind of... Ugh, but, like, that was the thing was, like, most of Michael Myers' kills are instantly like that. It's just, like, going throughout the series, It's he'll have a kill where it's like... I'm going to put a fat bastard into a fucking, like, power terminal, electrocute him so much that his head explodes, and then, you know, in the in another scene, I'm just going to be behind a bed sheet with an axe and then take a off, you know, off-the-screen swipe and then just spray blood across the, the bed sheet in the same movie. It's just like, why not fucking just show me the kill it's just like give me give me what you're doing like i, I need to see that yeah. but he he does that where it's awesome and then it's uh, just lame but the lame is on screen and yeah in halloween 4 crazy good on uh off screen kill with the the officer michael's sitting there in a rocking chair with a shotgun like farmer jeb and then all of a sudden turn around and like it, it's like nothing. It's just we get the fucking gun spear. It's just I mean that like that's on screen. But then there's all but it's like what happened to the cop? The cop is so mangled. It's like what did you do? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I want to see I, that. Answer my questions. Yeah. Um. But yeah. he tends to do that a lot. Yeah. The and the kills in this movie. Oh, another good one. Ice skate to the face. Off screen yeah. and then we get the 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 nurse in that same instance yeah i mean there's a struggle and that's intense but then all of a sudden up oh, all he does is head knife throat and that was kind of it there's nothing yeah and even then yeah. he didn't even really put a whole lot of effort into slicing her throat um no. in this movie i'm trying to think i don't 
None of the kills were particularly great. I mean, him cutting Jen's head off in front of everybody was probably the only one that I could point to that was pretty neat. But, like, Lori, he just stabbed her in the kidney and then dropped her. Um, granted, it was off a building, but he dropped her, and that was not really anything to get wowy about. Um, Bill was... Bill Perv killed off-screen, and then we just found his body later? No, um, he was killed because Michael burst through the uh, the mirror and then stabbed him on the top of the head. Okay. That one wasn't too bad. So, that one was on, and that one was on screen. So, but it's not, I don't know, it's not memorable. For me, um, I have to actually say that I was... The kills were much better for me in this one. You think so? Um, again, there's... Well, I mean, compared to age 20, yeah, maybe. There was a lot of them that were creative, I should say. Uh, and the ways that they were using the the POV cameras made it better for me, in a way. Yeah. Um, and one of the scenes that was really cool, like, I think my, my favorite kill was Charlie with the tripod. So, at the beginning... It's another stick-em-to-the-wall kill, though. But it's different. It's something different. And here's the idea. And so Charlie is dealing with was it Myra, um, Tyra Banks character Norma. Norma. Um, again, don't. It's just Tyra uh, at this point. Um, yes. So it's so she. They're trying to get everything set up for the night, and so Charlie is sitting there trying to figure out a you know good spot for the camera to be positioned, and she's like just just fucking place it like you don't have to do that and, and then charlie explains to her he's like he's like overhead scary below scary normal not scary and he's and like he's trying to explain to her like this is what i'm trying to do i'm trying to find a good angle and she's like all right well just hurry up and then that's when and this is in broad daylight right in the middle of the day yeah Right, which is awesome. Which is something that I do love. That's about... a pretty nor- typical Halloween thing, though. Yeah, yeah. It's usually this broad daylight. So Charlie doesn't see Michael come in. So Charlie's in the corner. He's trying to do something, and all of a sudden, Michael comes into the screen, and you get all you're seeing is Tyra Banks dancing in front of her espresso machine, not paying attention to what's happening. So we're seeing the whole kill from yeah, the she's screen. Right? We're not in there with Charlie. We're seeing it from the screen, which is, boom, one little, like, you get a point for that. Right? Because it's something different. Yeah. So we are watching it just like any of the other viewers. You're like, oh, shit. You get a, you know, whatever. But then also, Michael picks up the tripod. The tripod's sharp as shit at the end. I don't know if any... It looks like it's meant to be staked in the grass. I don't know why yeah. it was like that. I mean, maybe that's that would be a good... You know, it's supposed to be, like, in the dirt and, you know... But they were inside. Yeah. On a hardwood floor. Or maybe that's all they had. I don't know. Yeah. But the thing is, like, he picks up the end, and you're, you're on the camera following it, and you can see it drive through Charlie's neck. So you're getting the POV of Charlie's death, and then Michael takes it out, and then he puts the camera down, and you can see, like, you know, Charlie's off, uh, like, behind the the area where uh, she can't see. He's behind the camera. Yeah, but she can't see it, 
And so then she's like, oh, yeah, that's a great, that's a great little spot. So, again, it sets up – it bookends for whatever it was. Michael got the kill off and then was it, and yeah. did it in a different way. Yes, it's a, a, you know, a pinning death, but it's something different. He's using the tool of whatever it is. So I was like, I give it points for that. And it's, it's something that it, seeing the POV of a person's death yeah. is creepier than anything. It's an interesting way of doing it because yeah. um, that actually puts you in the perspective of the killer. You're, you're on the murder weapon. Yeah. That's, you're the one doing the murdering is yeah. basically what goes on there. So it does something to the brain when you're in that position. Um, and then, as you said, the the blonde. Yeah. That was pretty cool because it was it was Michael showing him like, "Hey, I'm here, fuckers!" And then, look, look what I can do. It's <laughs> pretty much so, but like, yeah, just and then even them going like or like all the college kids watching and they're like, "Oh my god, that's fake!" And it's just seeing her head just right there by the camera and just yeah. the eye just. It's just there. Special effects on good. that was pretty good too. It was, it was a pretty good fake. Head. It didn't look like a dummy head. No, like it was, it was pretty good. It was a good fake head because they yeah. got in real close on that. It was a close up shot. And that is really touch and go. It can get pretty funky yeah. pretty quickly. Um, I feel like we need to wrap this up, but I also want before we do that, we have to talk about Lori and yeah. just how dirty we done did her. Botchamania in this one. Pretty much. Um, I kind of hated that she was reduced to this. Yep. I kind of did. I really didn't like how ham fisted they treated Lori with the whole. Um, Going catatonic. Yeah, and... being on suicide watch essentially. And uh, the nurses, when they were doing their recap, were talking about how. They found Lori up on the roof several times, and they've had to bring her back down because they labeled her a suicide risk because of it. And really, what she was doing up there was setting her trap and running through the steps of her trap for when, if and when Michael finally got there and found her. And every night, they would go to give her a sleeping pill. She would spit it out. She would hide it in her doll, which, okay, clever enough. Um, but she'd been doing that for four years. So that doll was full so many pills in that doll. Um, the my, the there is a little bit of a hiccup in that though because if you're in an asylum and somebody is getting out of their room and getting up on the roof, that only happens once. They fix the locks on those doors. In a good asylum. Yeah. But th- if you remember fucking psycho make nutter pants that was wearing the clown mask he got outside of the goddamn gate he could have just fucked off to the next town if he wanted to there was no security alarms there was nothing franklin took his fat ass and was walking around the perimeter and saw the open what are gate you doing here yeah there was no lock on the gate it was just a literal a fence gate that was open and i'm like so th- and that means too that Psycho McNutter Pants, I don't know what his name was, but it's funner saying my way. Yeah, um, I agree. So he was, he got out of his room with ease, with no one watching. No one wandered, was there around. And that was a big hospital, so he wandered way away 
before the security guard found him. I know it's it's late at night, but it always seems like in every like horror movie that deals with some type of hospital, there is no staff around at all. Yeah, it's all plot convenience shit. Yeah. That's all it is, and it gets really annoying. And having watched all of these movies now back to back to back, the way that we have every week, it's so painfully obvious now that it's infinitely more annoying than I think it would have if there was some breathing room between these. Um, but it's that the Wes Craven school of writing. In order to make the plot work, you gotta make the cops dumb. Yeah. And and the thing was, like, I liked Franklin. And it was... Uh, the comedy behind the security guards was fine. It wasn't like in... Uh, we didn't even mention this in our oh, yeah. episode of uh, for number five with the fucking cops. And they given him the fucking weird clown music. Yeah. It's like, oh, so they're literal idiots. Yeah. And then even the cops going, yeah, we're not good cops. Thank oh, you awesome. for acknowledging that. <laughs> yeah. So Franklin, it was funny because it was just like... It was kind of like just an everyday kind of weird inconvenience and even he was like i did my job i thought i did my job and it's like oh no they're walking towards michael myers yeah so there's it's just like, somebody else it's not who yeah. he thought he was because the mcnutters was in his room yeah he, he was back in his room where they put him and that was the funny thing it was like they didn't walk back by his room to check to like to no, see they just thought the, that <laughs> he got out again twice in one night it's yeah. twice in one night and he's wandering around the hallways, this time in a different mask. So he was supposed to be a bit of a red herring, but it was really poorly done. Um, but yeah, a, a real-life asylum would be changing the locks on those doors. Lori would only have been able to get up on that rooftop once. And also, um, I almost feel like, again, depending on the hospital, but I kind of feel like those doors, if you're at a suicide risk... Your doors are not going to be made of paper-thin wood. Like, Michael head-butted his way like the fucking Kool-Aid man. It was balsa wood, basically. I was waiting for him to go, oh, yeah! Like, (laughs) just boom, just pop right on through. It would have been more entertaining that way. I would have loved every moment. That would have been the best fucking movie ever if I heard Michael right? go, oh yeah. That's it. Favorite in the series now. Yeah. But that, but he busted through and like, I will say that it is a cool shot seeing that Michael mask through the hole like in the, in the window. Yeah. And he like, and then all of a sudden then it goes to a POV shot of him where he's trying to bust through. But I was like, is, is he hitting it with his hands or is he literally Headbutting. He headbutt his way in. Like that. Holy shit. Yeah. But it's like. He was Billy Goat. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, was it that strong of a door? No. And that's. It's like, okay. But she had gotten out. She was gone. She wasn't there when he got in. So. But how did he know that was her room? How did he know that she was in that hospital? Yeah. There's no exposition as far as. Like, in H20, we get the. The note that, oh, he found her file and, and, like, that's how he got it. Why the fuck they have it? I don't know, that but that's how he did it. I mean, it. that file never should have existed, but yeah. at least it explains how he found her. That's how. Him just showing up in California, because then it's like, wait a second. Okay, fine, you can kind of just let that slide. Yeah. But with this one, he, 
found out, I mean, he had four, I guess he had four years to look, but he, you don't see Michael Myers at a library or make, at, doing research or making phone calls. Like, he's not doing any of that stuff. Yeah. He's just a real lucky bugger. And he, I guess he's got a sixth sense about where Lori is at all times. And It's just, a tracking device, that's all it is. Yeah, <laughs> what is she, giving off a pheromone or something that just draws him in? It's so stupid. It's like coyote urine. It's, <laughs> it's pungent. Uh, <laughs> but it's just the, that whole thing, it's just so, so bizarre as to how much it doesn't make sense around that hospital. And then on top of that, for them... To again for suicide watches, you're monitoring those people heavily every minute of every day. Yeah, and if you have someone on suicide watch, you are not leaving them alone. That's yeah. (laughs) Didn't the cameras? The cameras just don't go down. The security cards, security guards just don't disappear. Like just because you have information leading to the arrest of Hillary Clinton doesn't mean that all of those things (laughs) go away. Oh, or, we're or, not talking about that. Yeah, we're not, uh, no, we're, we're not going down that rabbit hole. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Even though you're right. Um, but that was the thing was they uh, they left her alone and they kind of made it was like, it's like, yeah, yeah she was canatonic and she wasn't doing anything. But for them to go, oh, yeah, but then we found her out on the, the roof, which means it's like, she's so not, she's not canatonic. No. she's She is loose. I mean, it's like, or she was... Almost in like a way of like sleepwalking, I guess would be a, a way to like think about it. Or sure, but not also, not without the sleepwalking, just the catatonic. Like, hang on a second, it just dawned on me. She was up on the roof somehow. Like when Michael bust, he Billy Goat his way into her bedroom. She was gone. No, she was, she was already... in the closet. Oh, okay. She was in the closet waiting for him because she knew that he was going to come in, and then that's when she hit him with the lamp. And then Wait, ran away. And then, ooh, like, and then now there is a cool shot of Michael coming out of the room, and he's doing his like, "I'm gonna get you walk" kind his of thing. Power walk. And it's like, that's kind of terrifying. I was Wait, like, "That's cool." You know what would have been great is if he Vince McMahon his way down the hallway <laughs> with his like, arms swinging and the feet smacking. You got. No chance at hell! Like, come on. I need something with these shit-stained movies to grab I'm sorry, seeing Michael do the Vince McMahon. If you don't know what we're talking about, Google Vince McMahon uh, intro. For the Vin- w- or you can just Google the Vince McMahon walk. Yeah. It's, it's, just, an like, act, it's just a thing. It's so good. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but, like, how much more... Uh, entertaining would it be if he at least did a silly walk? Or John Cleese did. Oh my god, the silly walks? Yeah. Hell yes. Like something. But <laughs> he... Okay, so he, she gets him up on the roof. I'm so, no, I'm sorry. She, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm stuck. You you remember that scene in Spaceballs with the alien popping out of the chest? Uh-huh. And then singing the Hello My Baby? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I got out of that whole scene. It's something supposed to be so terrifying and then Hello, my baby. It's Hello, real my baby. silly. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Like, you just got me on this whole, like, train of, like... <laughs> Your train of thoughts. Like, how much better would it be if he I'm did these things? <laughs> but, okay, so she gets him up on the roof. She gets him in her elaborate uh, snare trap. And, um... Which is placed in the perfect spot for convenience. That means that Michael would have had to come on the roof... And then go directly to that spot yep. and not see the snare. 
Somehow. But he could have come out the door and turned a corner and missed it completely. Yeah. You just have to hope he goes in that general direction. Yeah. <laughs> he could have, like, came out through the door and then went, like, what's behind the door? Or, like, he shuts the door. <laughs> He's just like, oh, there you are. Like, yeah, something. <laughs> um, and then Lori, she's thinking, I'm not going to make the same mistake twice. I'm going to make sure it's actually him. I hated that. She's, she's like, she wants to make sure it's him. So she goes to reach to pull off the mask. She doesn't know what he looks like. Yeah. How would she know? Yeah. She doesn't know what Michael looks like. The great thing that... Uh, not the great thing. That was the bad bad wording. The, the most ridiculous part of that is she starts to cut the rope. And then she goes, wait. She goes, wait. And she goes back to try and reach for him and all that stuff. My thing is, why the fuck are you planning to cut the rope? You know that every big fall, he just takes a big old bump and then gets right back up and no-sells it. Mm-hmm. You know, to give more referencing for wrestling. Well, but he, it's... She it, wanted to make sure it wasn't somebody else because he was grabbing at the no, mask. No, I'm not saying that. The whole fact of her... Cutting whole, him down. The whole thing is completely screwy. And below, it's bushes. The only reason that Lori died is because she got stabbed in the back. It's like she probably could have survived the fall because she there's a there's yeah there's a bush. Yeah, I mean the the branches would hurt like a motherfucker, but you probably would have survived. You you could have walked. He's been shot with shotguns and. S- bullets fire. And, yeah like the motherfucker's gonna live from a fall f- of that nature you literally just have to he's draw gonna be sluggish he has but... to be cut into pieces yeah so she builds this elaborate trap she wants to make sure it's the right guy of which she has no clue what he fucking looks like um and it's only because michael's grabbing at the mask like paramedic did so that's what triggered the memory in her head michael was not there on the scene for when she cut the man's head off in at the end of age 20 he wasn't there to watch any of that happen so where do you get the idea yeah and and that's such a a weird gesture for michael yeah because he's never been like in the mask Yo, know, it's not that he's always, it's just that he's always in the mask. It's the fact that he's just like, oh no, like I'm grabbing. Like, yeah. he's never had this like panicky, just, it's always just shape. That's it. It's mm-hmm. just Michael. It's like he would just sit there and just dangle and just yeah. hang there. But he, he wouldn't know to do that to trigger her because he wasn't yeah. there to see it. Yeah, and that's where it's, and it, I think it's funny that he did that and it, it triggered her so badly that she was like, I gotta, I gotta know. I just gotta know. Yeah. And it was like right after she starts cutting it. And she had and to the, do the stupid. Yeah, and then like she goes, gets him real close into that shark mouth and then all of a sudden she got got. And it's just like, like, come on. That, that is so goddamn stupid. And, and that's what it did. The movie movied. Yeah. The movie did a movie. And... 
for me, it's like, um, yeah, like, Laurie Strode is not my favorite. Now, getting into the old lady Laurie, I'm in. Like, I, I like sure. it. But it's like, with this one, it was just so, like, you spent so much time, and then all of a sudden, you just fucking slipped up again. You did it again, you had the fucking killer, and then you sat there and you did, like, your plan sucks. What are you going to do? You had him dangling. Mm-hmm. And then he what? couldn't get out of it. He couldn't reach his foot. Even with that fucking crazy-ass cardio that he's got, that he also did to Franklin, where he just kind of just creeps on down oh, from yeah, the bike. Oh, yeah, muscle control? He, he did the muscle control thing where he just, like, hanging from a rafter, and then just slowly just came down. It's like, even with all of that, he couldn't get to his foot to untie himself. So it's like you had him. It's like Buffy Powers. They're, it's only there when it's convenient to the plot to not be. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, you could have strung him up, left him there, and gone to go get somebody. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, you know, like try and, and do something along those lines because it's like you had him. Yeah. You can't go anywhere. Nope. And it's just like, so now for her, like the thing that drove me crazy was, was her trying to cut him down to kill him. But it's like, when is that? Like, so you're going to cut him down and then he's just going to scurry away and then come back for you later? It's like, so now you're just going through this whole cycle? Do you just Again? miss him so much that you just need to see him? It's Batman and the Joker. Yeah. It's just, it's it's ridiculous um, for that. But the thing that killed me was when she goes for the mask, the rope breaks and then Michael grabs her and then he's holding on to the ledge using that awesome cart, you know, just the, muscle control, the, the, man. Just those abs to hold on, and then she comes down, and then he brings the knife in as she's swinging around, which I was like, okay, that's cool timing. But then on top of that, I think I said this in our rankings, she kisses Michael, says, I'll see you in hell. I'll give that. That's good. Yeah, I like bad. that. Not bad. See, uh, the, the, the kiss of the mask, see you in hell, and then he drops her. Well, my thing that I thought would have made this movie a little better, as far as the ending goes, what needed to happen was Lori didn't die. Lori survived the fall. Lori survived the stab. At the end of the movie, when fucking Freddy's doing his kung fu shit on Michael, which I'll talk about in a second, but when he's fighting Michael, Lori should have showed up at the house. Lori should have went in all badass and like I'm gonna go in and fight with and save the, yeah, the fight and of come the, back in instead of getting the kung fu ending. Well, that's the thing is like it's I would have had Lori come back in and finish off the the movie itself and be a part of the group at the end that or the surviving group. Still have Decker do the, the all that stuff. Who are you? I'm the guy who's gonna save your ass. <laughs> yeah. Dead. Dead. So I think that would have been cool to see Lori come in and because she was so like on it and just, yeah, like I said, she's making everyone believe she's catatonic and yet she's there at a hospital setting up traps. Yeah. Without anybody knowing. So like that's on this level of, you know, like she is just on it. And so for her to just die the way that she did was just, it sucked. 
So I would have just kept her alive at the end of the movie because even Jamie Lee Curtis, like, didn't she say that she didn't want really want to be? She didn't want to come back and do it. Yeah, she's contracted to, and she said the only way I'll do it is if you kill me. Yeah. So and then that's the thing is at the end of the the movie have Michael Killer and then have the the group get away or maybe have uh you know Lori and Michael burn up in the fire you know at the end he kind of given that H2 vibe but then having Lori with her Lori dies and then you get the Michael ending with the eye thing you know where he's in the in the morgue so I was like, that would have been a better, more satisfying ending, kind of like Nancy with Freddy. Because it, you know, Nancy gets in like towards the end of the movie, you think everything's good, and all of a sudden, oh, nope, it's Freddy, and he kills her. Yeah. Again, it's one of those, it's satisfying for your final goals. You don't think that she's just wasting the moment. So that, I think I said that at the the ranking episode that we had, and I still think that that would be a better way to utilize Lori and not have to have Jamie Lee Curtis in the entire movie. It's just boom, in beginning. Book end it? Yeah. Cool. So what's your skull rating? Um. I dare say. I was thinking hard on this one, actually. Hopefully not too hard, because your brain smokes. I gave this one a 2.4. This one was actually pretty high for me. Is it because of Busta Rhymes? Uh, Busta Bus is, is is fantastic. And I will fight anybody to the death. I will fight you. Oh, dear. Trick or treat, motherfucker, is the best line in Halloween ever. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that scene is so fucking bizarre even michael's confused <laughs> the fact that a fucking man comes in like trick-or-treat motherfucker what? in flames and then starts kung fuing the shit out of you i think that's why he was able to get as many hits on michael as he did because michael was like super no confused. one's done this shit to me <laughs> what is that what is he doing i mean granted it's like they set up the whole freddy thing with him watching it was like Jackie Chan, like the the Chung yeah, Lee thing. Yeah, he was watching a. He was yeah. watching the. I mean, the setup was there. I just thought that the actual actual execution of it, and I'm like, we are kung fuing Michael Myers. <laughs> oh my! I, I I love Buster Rhymes. I love that he did that. I love he committed. He was one of the best characters in this entire goddamn movie. He was believable. He actually he was playing lo- himself though. That's he he locked in for what he was doing. And that was that was out of all the characters, he was the the most believable one out of the bunch. I mostly just want to know who his agent is, because it's not often that you have a male character in the Halloween series survive, as, unless you're Tommy Doyle. Um, LL Cool well, J. And LL Cool J did too. Ronnie did too. <laughs> um, it, well, Tommy Doyle survived until Halloween Kills. Yeah. In which case, he's dead now. But, um... He got gut. Anthony Michael Hall got gut. Um, but, yeah, so, like, who is his agent? He must have negotiated something. Like, you're gonna give him, the like, the cool lines to say, we're gonna do the kung fu thing, he's gonna kick Michael's ass, and he's gonna come out the winner. And it's just, I don't know, I just find the whole thing So, kind of I gave this a 2.4, which is actually 
higher than most on this. I didn't necessarily hate this movie. Is it a good movie? No. However, I am going to defend this as far as Halloween movies go. I would rewatch this one over the shit show that was four, five, and six. And the reasoning is, is because this is a slasher movie. In its yeah, purest yeah. form. It is. It is a Friday the 13th slasher movie. No, you're right. And the reason is, is like, they, uh, after they kill Lori, what story is there? What What is there left to do? And then when they get into it, this is everything Jason is. You have your perv. You have your asshole douchey guy or whatever. Yeah, you, you your have your nerd. You get your smart girl. You got your survivor girl. And then you get your bubbly girl. You have your your typical slasher trope group. Yeah. And then you are in an isolated area. So like Camp Crystal Lake. You have your... Yeah. Boom, you have the house. And then you have Michael literally going around. There's no real story except for it's just a killer in a house there's nothing else behind it and i love that because we're not getting we're not getting a halloween story and because and every episode that we've gone through when we after we've watched these back to back to back we're literally going oh my god like it's this again it's this again we're going through this this is something completely different, and they're doing something brand new with the POV cameras. It's something that is, I guess, trying to be of the time. Sure. So it is dating it uh, to a degree. But on top of that, you're not getting your typical Halloween story. And that's something. And on top of that, Michael actually, I liked Michael in this. The mask. Not the, the mask. The, the mask was Buster Rhymes face. Yeah. Did you notice that? It d- definitely it was. was. 100% carved out um, to be Busta's face. The one that Busta was wearing was. The other, the mask that the real Michael was, was wearing was definitely a little bit more detailed. And um, it was it was done up a little bit more. Um, it still was Busta Busta's yeah. face. So, but that was the thing was like, Michael was great in this. I loved the POV camera kills. Uh, like the one in the um, in the sewer when he's putting the redhead on the the bar the gate thing that one or whatever. That was my favorite one because I hated her so much. Well, yeah, but no, but it was the it was cool because you could see the POV camera shot where it's just black and then you just see the, the face, face and then he's like rushing her. Yeah, I was like that was I like that. That was terrifying actually. So, it's pretty scary. Yeah, I was like that was cool. And then on top of that, you're getting where he puts her on and then she's just dead and just stuck there and then you just see michael just he's up close to the camera and then he just turns around and just walks away yeah i was like that's fucking cool like i like that it's it's giving me something completely different the kills yeah i mean they could use a little little bit of work but again they had more creativity and that for me as a person who doesn't like halloween is like cool you're giving me something else to work off of and i'm gonna give you points for that the story definitely needed a little bit of work but again every friday the 13th movie that kind of follows that kind of structure same thing yeah, you know yeah. it's 
but it's something different. It makes Michael actually a threat and or feel like a good threat. So I was like, I almost say it's like, I don't think that this movie is as bad as really is what it's supposed to, as what a lot of people put it into being. Is it great? No. But it's like, it's, I could watch, I could rewatch it. And that's something, maybe not all, <laughs> not excessively, but it's like, if you know, every Halloween, it's like, hey, let's put on Resurrection. You know what? I'm good with that. Like, it's, it's I'm okay. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hate it as much as if someone said, hey, let's put on like Halloween 5. Yeah. That makes one of us. Yes. Um, so two, but two point four enemy. Okay. So yes, I will agree with you that they finally did something at least a little bit different with this thing, and this was very much more of a traditional slasher than its predecessors. I agree with you one hundred percent. Still doesn't fix the fact that this script was a goddamn mess. The dialogue was terrible, and everyone cast in it was boring. Uh. Oh, the dialogue with the final girl? This is for Sarah! This is for Red! Yeah. Like, she's, like, hit with the, the chainsaw. And I'm like, dude, why don't you just fucking just cut that motherfucker in, like, Leatherface? And then, the, and then the like, chainsaw stopped working. Yeah, it's like, come on. I was like, but it's just the the, the delivery was just so yeah. bad. Uh, I liked, <laughs> I kind of liked the, the B-plot, even though it was going nowhere with Sarah and Deckard. Um, having that outside help. From Miles was a little... It was another interesting little wrinkle in the movie. Um, it added a little something that really hadn't been done much. Um, even though it doesn't make sense for him to be doing that because there's no Wi-Fi. But sure, yeah. whatever. Uh, overall, though, this one's a 1.5. Um, this movie's not great. Uh by any stretch of the imagination. I have no desire to watch this ever again. It's the most boring final girl committed to screen ever in the history of slasher movies. Um, yeah, this might have launched Katie Sackhoff's career. Good for her. But uh, it didn't do much else for me. Buster Rhymes was entertaining in his cringiness, mostly, for that. Uh it was just a nice break from all of the stupid to at least have enough stupid that it was actually kind of amusing. Um, Tyra Banks added nothing to this. Absolutely nothing. Zero things. Yeah. She was. She danced in front of her espresso machine and then later on drank a little bit of wine with Busta Rhymes. Um, and then shortly after that was just dangling from the rafters. Yeah, she added nothing. Um just because she was Tyra Banks, she was pretty. It literally could have been anybody else. Or nobody. Yeah. It didn't matter. You could have had the character removed completely. It would have made zero difference to this film. Um, seeing Ryan Merriman, though, kind of lit a little nostalgia flame in my heart. Because he did a bunch of Disney Channel movies. <laughs> didn't he, um, uh, that was the, the pervy dude, right? No, it was, Ma- it was Deckard. Oh, Decker, Decker, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. oh, that's right. That, I, I remember that now. Yeah, but no, it's like the pervy dude. Didn't he do? Uh, he is an American, American Pie. Pie. That's right. <laughs> he also, for those of us that grew up in the nineties, he was also Rookie of the Year. Oh, he was Rookie of the Year. The kid in King Arthur's Court. <laughs> Holy shit! And the kid, there was an Aladdin one he was in too, which was a sequel to the kid in King Arthur. Yeah, oh my god. I'm gonna have to go back on Netflix and see if I can find those. Holy shit, I forgot about those. Yeah, so, um, 
1.5. Pretty glad I don't have to watch this one again. Uh, also because it really, really annoyed my boyfriend because he was satisfied with the H20 ending where he's like, good, someone finally cut his fucking head off. And I was like, hold on, there's a sequel. <laughs> when I was like, hold, hold your britches. I was like, hold on, there's a sequel. He's like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why is there a sequel? Because he's not dead. Uh, and there's shenanigans afoot, you'll yeah. find out shortly. But that was the thing was, even though that the, the story itself was just... It, just clunky like that's a good for me that's a good word to, to say it's messy so but the thing that i found was, was really and it's very dated it's very of the time yes too. um but the thing was after the end of Lori, it's like what is there left for michael to do sure and yeah, and that's where it's like oh now you opened it up to where you can do all just whatever like so that whole premise of like oh he's just a shark out in the water, you know, just, just doing his he thing. He just opened up to allow that to happen. Yeah. And that was like, okay, great. So now you can fuck off on the whole Lori story. It's like, go and do your thing. And it's like, now he's just the old man's like, oh, you're on my fucking property. Yeah. And it's just. Get off my lawn. Yeah. It's kids. like, it's, it, you're, you, he has now become the Jason Voorhees where, oh, you're on my property. I'm going to go fucking kill you now. Yeah. You, you've entered my zone. Yeah. You're in my bubble. <laughs> This is my safe space. So that's <laughs> it for Halloween Resurrection. Um, we've already... The next up would be Rob Zombie's Halloween remake. However, we've done that one already. If you're interested in hearing our thoughts on that, go on, jump back in the catalog. I think we just did it last year? I believe it's, it was pretty pretty frequently. I th- or pretty, yeah. pretty recently, you mean? Brain, brain not working goodly. Okay. It's getting late. <laughs> yeah. Um... But I think, yeah, I think we did it last season for 2021. Um, yeah. Don't quote me on that. Just go on back if you want to hear our thoughts yeah, on that. Just go listen. So naturally, we're not doing that again. Um, so we're going to go ahead and, our, and next week's episode is going to be Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Yep. Which should be interesting. And I feel like we will touch base like we've been doing on, yeah, sure. on Halloween. Yeah, you know, just kind of give like a little refresher to kind of keep up with what. What's oh, definitely. Going on, so. And I just rewatched Rob Zombie's Halloween last night. <laughs> and I've seen it so many times. Yeah, so. I just did it last night to kind of prepare to watch Halloween too. Um, not that I needed the refresher, but yeah. my boyfriend would have absolutely no fucking clue. Because Halloween 2 is very much a Rob Zombie joint with Rob Zombie aesthetics and Rob Zombie weirdness. And, and if anybody's, at, again, if you've listened before, the Rob Zombie Halloween made me actually like Halloween. Yep. It's like it, it filled in so many plot holes, all that good stuff. But what that know? means is yeah. there is a light at the end of this tunnel. <laughs> There's four films left. We have Halloween 2. I'm sorry, all I, all I was singing is the fucking Rocky Horror Picture Show. There's a light over at the Frankenstein place. Okay, settle down. Um, so we have four movies left. We have Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. We have ha- Halloween H40. Halloween Kills. And then we're ending that with a timely episode for the first time in the history of our show with Halloween Ends. And then that is it for Michael Myers uh, until the day comes when when and if they decide to do, inevitably, the sequel. Michael Myers in space! Where all good slashers <laughs> go to die. I can't wait to do the Leprechaun series. Oh my god, I, like, Leprechaun in the Hood, I cannot wait 
but, to get uh, into that. <laughs> once we, since we're getting to the end of this series, our next series we're going to be picking up is the Romero of the Dead yep. series. I decided to, uh, I was like, I was thinking, I was looking back through our analytics and the Dawn of the Dead 2004 episode was probably our most... We were a top performer for a long time. Yeah, it's like our most played now, out of nowhere, it's now Salem's Lot. Like, is now our most played, like, uh, episode, which is awesome, but weird. Um, right. But it's still, it's like, for the longest time, it was the Dawn of the Dead. So I was like, you know what? I haven't watched a good zombie movie in a good while. And it's been a while since I've actually dove deep into the old Dawn of the, or, you know, of the Dead catalog. So I was like, fuck it. Let's go ahead and just... Let's get into that, because yeah. that's a good and little conversation to get into. Yeah, and it's mercifully short. Oh, and we are going to be adding in the Tom Savini remake. Yes. Because that is basically a George Romero, but with Tom Savini Well, Savini flavor. and Romero, they're both from Pittsburgh. They yeah. both work together. So forever. we're going to add that in. So, yeah. So join us for the next, while well, we're rounding home on Halloween. And then we're going to get into the Of the Dead series. Uh after towards the end of October yeah I think I'm mathing that right in my head yeah because Halloween ends comes out on the 14th Mm -hmm. and we'll be yep so towards the end of October we'll be getting into the Romero stuff but in the meantime subscribe so that you can get all of that in a timely fashion um Facebook Instagram slasher join us at creeping it real email us at creeping it real dot cm at gmail dot com especially if there's a series you really want us to kind of dive into Um, we haven't sketched out a schedule yet. We're just going series by series as the mood suits us. We will definitely take a suggestion. Yep. So anything that you're like, hey, this is a short one or this is a good one or what have you. Um, or if it's just a random movie. I mean, if you're like, hey, I really want you guys to watch this. Yeah. You know, like, we'll, we'll do that as a filler. Yep. You know, so, so give it up. So send it to us in the email, creepinitreal.cm at gmail.com. Um, and then... It's merch time, creepinitreal.revival.com, or there's a link in our Instagram bio, so you just have to click or tap that, uh, depending on what your device of choice is. And um, buy t-shirts, notebooks, socks, whatever. Oh, like it, pants, whatever sounds good. skirts, bath mats. And what's awesome, too, is that if you actually go on to redbubble.com, you can sign up on like uh, for their app, and you get like an instant like twenty percent off. Which yeah, there's is, always a coupon. Yeah, and they uh, they do coupons for all types of stuff like year round, so it'll just come right into your email, and then boom, you just save some money. Yep, worth worth jumping on. Oh yeah. So, and until next week, I'm Mistress Meg. I'm that good buddy, Lunchbox. Trick or treat, motherfuckers. Flip mode.